hello there, and thank you so much for tuning into the Stepping Up Toy Podcast. It is such a joy for me to get to share with you here, and I have loved introducing you to mentors and friends and just some really incredible people. And as we get ready for 2024, we are so pumped about exciting things that we're going to be launching, episodes with more incredible guests, amazing testimonies. Yes, we will bring back the music. Lots of fun to be had. But before we get to 2024, we thought it would be so fun as we wrap up 2023 to share some of our most favorite episodes with all of you. So thank you. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Thank you for sharing, for your feedback. If an episode moved you, encouraged you, how you share it with other friends, wow, that is such a compliment to us. And we encourage you to continue to do that. We love feedback. If there are topics for episodes that you would really love to hear more on or guests that you just think, wow, it'd be great um, to have that guest on the Stepping Up With Toy podcast, you can reach us at steppingupwithtoy@i cloud.com. But we encourage you just to tune in as we wrap up this amazing year together and enjoy some of our favorite episodes here at the Stepping Up With Toy podcast. Thanks so much and have a wonderful new year. Welcome to Stepping Up With Toy. I'm your host, Toy Step. This is space to have conversations about all things faith, family, and fitness. Let's create a whole and healthy life together, spiritually, relationally, and physically. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stepping Up with Toy podcast. This has been just such a fun series, our summer music series, and I hope that you, the listener, have enjoyed it as much as I have. And those of you that are maybe new to the Stepping Up With Toy podcast, welcome. We have been interviewing, just sharing great conversation with some really talented friends, and music is a part of all of those conversations in these last few weeks. And so when we think about music, when I think about music, I had to have, and I'll be honest, my first choice in this whole series series was my husband, John Stepp. And John is a Florida native who has worked as a musician for over 25 years as a singer-songwriter, guitarist, producer, and most notably, worship leader, and has served with Family Church in Palm Beach County for the last eight years. He does a lot of work mentoring and developing worship leaders and artists with a passion for raising up the next generation. John is a graduate of Elon University in North Carolina. He is my husband, a dad to our two kiddos, He's a hobbyist homesteader and loves all things food, family, and football. Welcome, John. Hey, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. It's I can't believe I'm your first choice for the music series. You, I'm so honored. Yes, you're always my first choice. <laughs> I love that you're here. This is so exciting. Good to be here. I know that a lot of you, if you've been following the series, especially you've heard him doing background vocals and even been a part of these interviews because a lot of these friends aren't just my friend, they're your friends too. And so they have heard you. Yeah, we've had some incredible musicians on so far. It's been super fun to be able to contribute and, and do some um, do some music with them through this series. Yes, and uh, those of you that... 
may not know, he is also my producer at the Stepping of a Toy podcast. So I cannot do this without you. And I'm so thankful for that and for your talents that way. And I love how God really does use our talents together just to create some really fun, awesome things. You're wired so well for what you do. And God's opened doors through music and different things uh, for me to be on the platform a lot. But I love just playing support to you. Well, <laughs> and to these other musicians yeah. we've had on. It's great. Well, and you're so gifted in that. And it's just really been fun to see, um, even in this whole opportunity is your strengths. And I couldn't do what I do as well as I do it without your talents and your encouragement and even just your fanning the flame of the ideas that I have so that I can move forward in that. So it really has been fun. And um, I'm really, really excited about this episode because we're singing. Well, I say we, I say that every time we have a guest, I feel like I'm singing too, (laughs) but I'm sitting quietly, but in my mind, I'm singing with you guys. And if we weren't recording live, I would be singing right along, but you are going to be sharing a song that's just very special to me. And we're going to get to that. Um, And so let's just go back a little bit, John. And, you know, those of you that have followed this music series, I encourage you, if you want to hear more of John, our marriage podcast he shares and our parenting podcast he shares. I have some fun things coming up in my schedule here with some food shares with our daughter. But um, let's just go back since we are talking about music and your music story. Like, take us back, John Step. Take us back to the beginning. How did you, how did music become a part of your life? Gosh, well, from my earliest memories of my childhood, music has always been really important to my family. My parents, I think, wanted us to be well-rounded. And so we were always not just in sports, but we were always in music lessons. So I was, from the time I can, earliest time I can remember, I was singing in choirs. I was taking piano lessons. <laughs> um, up through elementary school, I started playing trumpet. And then in eighth grade, I picked up the guitar because my dad used to play guitar and he would play (laughs) as we were uh, getting ready for bed every night. He would pull out the guitar and play songs for us. And you remember some of the crazy fun songs that that we joke about. I don't know how that was getting you guys to unwind. I I don't think unwinding was was, was part of the plan. Long song, Bill. Yeah. Um, we could do a whole nother podcast on just those crazy songs we used to sing. Dr. Bill Steps, Songs for Bedtime. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I grew up with music um, and in music lessons kind of constantly through my childhood. I've told you before, I never really wanted to do music beyond what I was doing. I wanted to play football. I was an athlete. I wanted yep. to play football. I want, you know, I, it was a dream to play college football, but I just wasn't big enough or talented enough to do that. Uh, my parents kind of kept me in music and then ended up going to college on a trumpet scholarship of all things. And well, uh, and even just pause for a second, your parents saw that in you. And that's something you and I have talked about because I remember you even saying, you couldn't drive unless you sang in the choir, <laughs> I right. think. Like that's I'm right. like, whoa, but I'm thinking, why wouldn't you, John Step? Because you have this amazing gift. That's how I met you. I met you in my 20s. So I saw this gift and went, whoa. But your parents saw that. And I'm so thankful that they fanned the flame, which I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but at times felt like almost punishment. Like, what? Oh, definitely felt like punishment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what you're referring to is my parents, when I turned 
turned 16, they said I could drive only as long as I sang in the church choir every week. And your dad was the pastor of that church that you were singing at. And you have three other brothers, too, that kind of fast forward. We're not there yet, but they're all in ministry also. But when I think about the church choir, it's also your father's church. So, huh, that's a nice little, you know. Yeah. So my parents kept me involved with music. It helped pay my way through college, which was great. And then when I graduated from college, my first job was in ministry for a church here in Palm Beach County doing college ministry and worship ministry. So I was doing music and college ministry. And at the same time, I was um, when I was in college, I started playing acoustic singer-songwriter shows and continued that after college and played with various people around here and wrote with various people and then got hooked up with some indie rock bands and played in these uh, indie rock bands kind of through my 20s into my 30s and also was while still playing my own music and at the same time leading worship at at different churches and God was opening opportunities to uh, explore some different areas of ministry and it's been one of those bizarre things when people when I talk to people about it and they ask me about how I got to where I am today uh, to be able to look back and see all these things that God has lined up in your life mm. that you might think I have no idea how God could use this for his good but you look back and you see how every little thing kind of right. added up to uh, the person that you are today that that led you to the place that you are today and equipped you for what you're doing. And that's I very much feel that in my life that that um, even the things that I didn't know were reconcilable by God. He's reconciled for his good, and I'm being able to use it to bless and train others mm. now in ways that I wasn't able to when I was young. So John, you've been a worship pastor for over 25 years now. What would be some Mm -hmm. advice you would give a young worship leader or musician today? That's a good question. A friend of mine told me a long time ago, and it's really stuck with me. It keeps coming back to me time after time. He said, if you want to be a great worship leader you have to love people more than you love music. And a lot of us musicians, we get into this because we love music and we love sharing music with people. But over time, you have to get to the switch where you switch and you go, okay, this is really not so much about the music that we play or Mm -hmm. sing. This is more about this is an avenue for us to love people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the loving people extends off the stage. When we're up there, we're we're sharing this music that we want to, to bless people and to help connect them with God. But when we come off the stage, it shouldn't change. That's right. When we're talking to people in person and we're just spending time with people, we should show them the same amount of love because it, that's where it emanates from. Uh, it can't emanate long term from just a love of music, um, wow. and that's not just a church principle. Mm-mm. That's a life principle. Whether you're a business leader or a family leader or uh, whatever you're doing, if you put people first around you and look at ways to care for the people around you the best, mm. then you're always going to end up more fulfilled, more happy, more successful, mm-hmm. more influential. 
You know, if you're a business leader and you're constantly thinking about what's best for my customers, what's best for my clients, guess what? Your business is probably going to grow because <laughs> you're tilling the soil and you're preparing it for a great crop that's to come. Absolutely. If you're thinking about this in your family and in your close relationships, uh, you know, God designed us. And it's really funny because it's counter to our human nature, but when we put others first and when we care for others first and put them ahead of ourselves, we actually get more happiness and more fulfillment <laughs> than when we go after our own desires. Mm-hmm. And that's the way God designed us. And it's a really neat thing. The more we live within God's design for our lives, the, mo- the more happy, the more fulfilled we're going to be. Absolutely. It makes me think of two things right away. Love God love others. That's right. You know, those are commandments that if we live by that, exactly what you're saying, put God first. And then I look at the people around me. And then also, you know, you and I have talked about everybody comes to the door with different story, different baggage. And so I might be, and I have a background in performing and I've seen where I'm watching the crowd. And if I'm only looking for the affirmation from the crowd, to really fill my tank, I could totally misjudge what's going on because they've got their own story and sometimes their face is not reading really what's happening and that can totally take me off of my game when it's not about me. If I get it off of my selfishness and I really look at serving others well, man, sometimes those are the people that come up and go, wow, what God was doing in that moment, or I'll hear it, even someone sitting next to me in service, when I'm at service and you and the team are up there, I feel like what's going on with this person? There's not a lot going on. And they're like, darn it, that was just what I needed that day to really hear what God had for me to hear. You know, you're one of the few people that knows this about me. And I guess that's going to change in just a minute. But uh, (laughs) when I'm having a really bad day, and I'm feeling down, um, about what whatever it is that's going on in my life, and I'm in a funk, and I'm having a hard time getting out of it, what do I do every time? You look at how you can encourage I, others. I know, even though I don't feel like it, I know that if I pick up the phone and yep. start calling people yep. and encouraging them and telling them how much they mean to me and checking up on them, guess what? My day improves. Yep. And I love that. And I start feeling encouraged by encouraging others. Mm -hmm. And so that's my thing that feels unnatural to me that I do when I get in a funk that helps me rally and it helps it helps everyone around me. When I focus on others, guess what? My day gets better. That's right. And I think as these young musicians out there listening, and you know, if you have a desire to be a worship leader or you're even doing that now. This is a gift that God has given you. And sometimes I know it can feel really vulnerable because you are sharing this gift, whether it's your voice or you're playing an instrument and our world can be very critical, right? But I'm so thankful when they do use that gift and they don't allow the judgment of others to guide them, to drive that. Well, that's another thing that I tell worship leaders all the time is don't get hung up on the reaction that you yes. get the the visual feedback that you get from people um, one because that's not what you're doing it for uh, but two you don't know what's going on in their that's heart right. and in their mind you know when people are walking into church they're not walking into a concert you know wanting to be entertained they're there because they want to experience God yes 
And so they're probably, everybody's working through stuff in their heart and their mind. Everybody's got baggage that they're working through, you know, crap that they've brought in yeah. from their everyday <laughs> Can we say life. That on the show? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that they're trying to work through while you're, while you're singing these words over them and while you're reading scripture and, mm. and really helping to focus their heart and their mind on God and helping them refocus their worship from things they're worshiping in their lives, like mm. money and power and, and, um, you know, whatever, whatever the things are, mm-hmm. uh, and refocus from that to focusing their worship to the almighty God. And that's why mentorship is so important. And I'm so thankful for the way that you do mentor those around you. And we need that for those of you that are listening, make sure you have just those influencers in your life that are reminding you of who you are and whose you are and holding you accountable. It's really important. And that can just breathe life into you from the word of God, because that reminder is priceless, really is. Mm -hmm. And it's also just leaning into the steps that he has for us that we can't always see. And we've talked about this on other episodes, the prayers of our grandmothers, the prayers of our mothers. And you know, seeing your mom and dad's vision, even that you maybe didn't quite understand and felt more like punishment and they were fanning that flame. And I, I have the privilege now of sitting next to them on Sunday services from time to time and just how proud they are of you and the ministry and how you're using your gifts to love and serve the Lord. Yeah. My parents, you know, had an immense influence on my life and, and everything that that I'm doing now, as well as my brothers. And that's something that we've told parents on the podcast and continue to tell people all the time is, is you, even when you feel like your kids are beyond your control, you have influence in their lives. Oh, absolutely. You, you can choose to influence their life, or you can choose to give up your influence in their life. And we're very intentional about um, having influence in our kids' lives yes. and being present and and having tough conversations and doing the things we feel like we need to do to raise kids that honor God and love their families. Yes, and it's not always going to be popular and it doesn't always feel good. And that's why we can't allow feelings to drive the bus because there are times even just today having to like make my... Well, I always say I'm a woman of my word and I say it out loud to hold myself accountable, especially as a parent. Because if I say no, and that keeps being pushed, I have to remind my child, children, today was a child, (laughs) (laughs) I am a mom of my word. You're not gonna turn this no into a yes, because even though you might not like me a lot right now, I'm looking past this now. And I am just so thankful for your parents because as we're about to just kind of talk about our story and how music, how I got introduced to you, if they hadn't done that, if they hadn't encouraged that, I may have never met you because I met you really through worship and through music. So I think just to all of the parents listening right now, and maybe some of you that aren't parents, just take a pause for a second. Where can you go, hmm, maybe I should thank mom and dad for that, right? No parent is perfect. 
please, we are parents, we know that we're going to mess up a lot. But I just want to encourage those of you that are parents to not only stand your ground, but have other people in your lives that are encouraging you that way. You and I have so appreciated that, John, just having those people that are like, listen, it is important that you set up these guardrails, right? It's important that you remind them of God's design for their life. And they're not always going to like it or understand it, but they will come around. That's our hope. Well, being (laughs) a parent, being a parent gives you an extra measure of grace for your own parents Mm. because you're now in their shoes and dealing with some similar things that they dealt with. And, you know, we had that conversation just last week with our kids about guardrails and part of our job, a big part of our job is to put guardrails up for you to help keep you on the right path. If you really want to get over the guardrails bad enough, you can do it. So our goal is not just to fence you in, but to teach you and to get you to a point where you want to stay within the guardrails Mm -hmm. on your own, Mm -hmm. because we're not always going to be there to, you know, make sure you're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just as you're talking, I remember saying to my parents, it wasn't until we had children that I was like, I thought it was pretty easy, right? I was pretty easy as a kid. And then I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was so fussy. And you look yeah. at all the like things now you're walking through as a parent, you're like, oh my gosh, I just have way more appreciation for this or that or that situation. Yeah, that yes, was a folks, lot Yes, folks, call you. your parents and thank them. <laughs> Tell them you love for them. For putting up with you. Tell them thank you. All right, so <laughs> when we look at how we met, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite stories ever because I just, I love our story. And I remember one of my dearest friends who were still friends today had always had the cool church events that she would invite me to. And she kept inviting me to this Christian coffee house. And we've told this story in other episodes, the the abbreviated version. But um, I remember I thought that sounded really lame because to me, it sounded like fluorescent lights and stale donuts. So I'm like, "Mm, I'll pass. And so one night I was just like, hey, I'll go to this coffee house you keep inviting me to. And she said, well, that's on Sunday nights. This happened to be a Friday night. And she told me her friend John was playing in a, at a Brazilian church. And then we were all going to go dancing. This was a dance friend, too. We grew up dancing and um, dance classes together and shows together. So anyways, I go. I don't know who John is. I just knew Brazilians love to dance. It sounds like it's going to be fun. Everything Jackie invited me to was a blast. So we go, and there you are. You're with the band. I still don't know who John is, but there was this guy. He was the lead guy, white t-shirt, jeans. He's very good, and I was very drawn to talent. So those of you that are new to me and this podcast, my background is film and TV. I've done a lot with dancing professionally and acting. I lived in Los Angeles for a while. I was in and out of New York and did a lot of work in Miami. So I was very drawn to talent. And so I go, and I'm like, this guy, he's getting my attention because he's very talented, but then he prayed and it was so, it was so normal. And I remember thinking, talented, normal, hot Christian. This guy is my guy. And, <laughs> and I was like, I felt God say no boys. Like I was getting ready to move to Los Angeles. God was very clear. I need your eyes on me and we're moving in this direction with your career. And come to find out, that was her friend, John. And so I was like, okay. And then a couple days later, so that was a Friday, Sunday, I go to the coffee house. And there's John again. And you're leading worship. It was awesome. From like 10 to midnight, 
donuts were not stale. In fact, I don't even think they had donuts. They had amazing coffee. They had tons of pastries and deliciousness. So you had snacks. You had this group of 18 to 30-year-olds. So it was just a really cool group. And everything that you did was great. And because I was so drawn to talent, I saw it as an opportunity to bring people to, to know Jesus. Like I went, I can trust it because you and I have talked about this. When I can trust, whether it's a worship leader, a performer, you go and see, because I have an acting background, I go see a, a musical or um, a play. When you see a confident performer, I relax. When somebody is confident in what they're doing, I take a breath and I relax. And you were so great. I went, okay, if God's saying, I can't date you right now, I saw you as someone that I could bring people to this coffee house and share Jesus with them. Well, that was a really fun season in our lives. We'd have two, 300 people at that yeah. coffee house. And it, it was, was amazing. And all our friends were there and we'd hang out. And I remember that night when you walked in because you, you walked in and... And I saw you and I'm up on stage playing and I, I actually forgot the words to the song I was singing that I wrote. And Aww. because you you are you. And oh. I just like now I have no words. So. <laughs> well, it is pretty special just to think about how God was working in our lives even then and how he works through our friends. You know, I had this friend that never, ever gave up on me. She was always inviting me and sharing the Lord with me. And I was walking with the Lord, but she just, she kept inviting me. And that's why I always say, invite people, invite people to your church service, invite people to the fun things you're doing, because that invitation has a lot of weight. We don't realize that sometimes, but just being invited. And then I said, yes. And I met you. I mean, she, I'm sure never thought, oh gosh, I'm going to introduce Toy to John and they're going to get married and they're going to have these babies and live happily ever after. But how awesome that I met you, that coffee house i invited so many people to that coffee house and then well we had so many friends that met through that yeah. that ended up getting married and yes. you know was, but i got to know you just yeah. as a friend because i knew i was moving i didn't want to step into any new relationship but it was so great to get to know you as a friend i was drawn to you um even thinking back i'm now in la and i'd call you because i'm and i'm doing air quotes right now i know you guys can't see me those of you are listening but it's like i'm thinking about I might want to get a guitar and play guitar. I just wanted to talk to John Stepp. <laughs> and I remember you taking me to lunch because you were like, well, I may get into the industry of acting. Yeah. And yeah. I came loaded. Yeah, with- I had no no <laughs> ambition of being an actor. But I but it was a way for me to, to get you to lunch without you thinking anything was up. And I bring all this stuff because we're going back now. Okay, we're going you back. You brought binders full of stuff, probably <laughs> you know, like a stack that's probably probably eight inches high of stuff for me to look through all these things because I'm going to help you in your career as an actor well if I fast forward a little bit I I loved going to different um, gigs that you were doing and I could trust it like I said and um, I remember anytime you were playing I would go and you'd take me to lunch you know and I'm like he's just such a nice guy and you take me to lunch and you were always interested in what I was doing and I remember living in Los Angeles and you had mailed me your demo of a new album yes yeah and my roommate hands me the package and I open it and I am so giddy and she's like what's going on with you and I go what do you mean she's like who is this? Do you like this guy or something? And I'm like, 
I don't know. And I remember I hadn't been asked that. And I'm like, maybe I do. And I started going, hmm. And I played the songs for her. And she's like, wow. And then I think we went on maybe a few lunch dates, but it wasn't until almost a year and a half later from the time I met you that I came home and I called you because I wanted to know where you were playing because I wanted to bring some friends. And you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I take you to dinner? And that's when you asked me to dinner. And then two nights later, you took me to not just any old football game. That's right. That's right. Let's get this right. The Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl in Miami. Yes. Which was... Go ahead and unpack it. We just... (laughs) We told this in an earlier episode, but... But we just realized, I just realized in uh, the last year that the Orange Bowl game that we went to is between Alabama and Michigan, which was in the beginning of 2000, was actually Tom Brady's last college football game <laughs> that he played for Michigan. Uh, so we got to see Tom Brady's last college football game. Yes, we didn't we even did. know it. Well, it's so funny. Even as you're talking, I'm like, these are the details, people, that I would leave out. And you're like, we can't miss this. And when you tell our story, I'm like, you left all the good stuff out. So that's so great that we can tell our story together. But what is most significant about that date is you held my hand for the first time that night and you kissed me. And I remember I called one of my very close friends that night and said, I'm going to marry John Daniel Step. And I hung up the phone. And I kind of was like, wow, this is serious for me. But let's back up. I'd gotten to know you as a friend just a friend. And that was such a gift. And my great grandma, the day I moved to Los Angeles, said to me, honey, I'm just praying that you will meet a good Christian boy and come home. And I'm like, grandma, I just got here. Can you pray I meet a good Christian boy here? No, 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 no. And look at the prayers that we talked about just a little bit ago of our mothers and our grandmothers. I'm thankful that Grandma Lanier was praying that prayer because here you and I are. So, Well, that timeline from the time that that we met to um, that time, the time that we actually went on a date was probably a year, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, well, I met you and... It was like August, and we didn't go on a date until that following a year and a half later that we went on our first date night. We had had lots of time to develop a friendship. And I think that's good to all of our listeners that maybe you're just like, gosh, Lord, when are you going to make it happen? Because we want everything now, or I'll speak for myself. I like it on toys time. And I have learned the more I can delight in Him, He will give you the desires of your heart. It's that alignment and knowing I wanted a godly man in my life. I, at that point, was like, okay, I really want a husband. And um, so thankful just for God's timing and all that, and that I didn't mess it up. So we start dating, and then we get engaged. And I'll never forget even the night you proposed. Um, Let's go back a little bit. That demo. Okay, so that demo was special. My roommate was kind of recognizing my behavior was different. This guy must be special. And as we started dating, it was probably a couple months into dating you, you you mentioned I wrote you a song. And I was like, what? And I had played your demo for my mom and said, one of the songs I said, can you imagine someone writing you a song like this? And you said, I wrote you a song and it was like track number four. And that well, was the song I said to my mom, can you imagine well, someone writing the, you a song The like backstory that? to that song is I actually wrote that song for you before we were dating. 
So it was kind of a hopeful song, hoping something that could be, but at the time I wrote it, you were dating somebody else. (laughs) It's one of the neat things about songwriting to me is that, um, it's, it's, it's like a picture from a season in your life. And here we are 23, 24 years later, Mm -hmm. and I'm about to sing this song that I wrote back then before we were even dating. Mm -hmm. Now we've been married 22 years. We got two kids. Yes. And what's really special is I get the demo. I hear the song. I say to my mom, can you imagine someone writing you the song? You tell me you wrote me a song. I'm like, "Mm." you tell me to listen to track number. I think it was four. Um, I go and listen and I'm like, oh my goodness, mom, remember this is a song he wrote for me. But when you chose to propose to me, I remember we were actually, you were at a piano and I was walking down this aisle of a church and you had a ring and, and you started playing this song right before you proposed. And you had that no teeth grin that you do. And cause you knew, you knew it was coming. And then you surprised me on our wedding day and you rewrote the end of the song, which I'm so excited that you're going to play that version for everybody today. But I did not know it. But for those of you that are listening, I'm standing at the altar and all of a sudden we've done our, it was right before we were going to do our vows. You said, hold on a second. And you had your whole band come up to the altar and you played the song live at the piano. Today you're going to play it on your guitar, but you This might be me. the only time I've played it, that version of the song since our wedding. I think so, actually. You've played the song before. You do not remember, but I do remember you played it before. <laughs> this is the whole husband wife. No, 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 I know. But not this, this is like version. one of those B sides. Yes, it's not that's what I thought about. It's not something that I that I really ever played out when I would play shows. No, and yeah. that's what I love about this podcast. I feel like every time we're having musicians in the studio, that you're getting that like extra little treat, that bonus song. So it's just so special because here we are, like you said, like. 22 years down the road, we have an 11-year-old daughter, Colby. We have a 14-year-old son, Rigby, and just seeing God's goodness in it. And not every step has been easy because that's not what God promises us. He promises us we'll never be alone. And I'm so thankful for that and so thankful for just his plan, his provision, his goodness to us. Like you said earlier, parenting and marriage... It's not always easy. It's very rich. Our life is very rich, but it hasn't always been easy. That's right. And for those of you that are not married, that want to be married, you know, don't settle. Don't settle just because you want to be married, but Mm -hmm. look for that godly spouse, that person that's going to be equally yoked with you, that's going to encourage you and support you. Um, You know, again, it'll never be perfect. But as long as you're both moving in the same direction, it makes life so much more fulfilling and enjoyable. And it sets such a strong example, not just for your kids, but for everyone around you that's watching. A God-centered marriage is a beacon to the watching world of God's goodness and God's power at work in our lives to shed our own self-centeredness, our own selfishness, our own ego, 
uh, to put someone else ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're going to talk about this in a future episode, but John and I just did a really awesome marriage retreat and just those reminders and how we need those tune-ups. And so as you're listening, you might, maybe you are married and you're not in a marriage like that. Do not give up because nothing is impossible for God. And how can you start praying more for your spouse? How can you, that whole selfishness, like I really see that show up for myself and that's flesh where I I need to serve my spouse better. And isn't it amazing? Reciprocity kicks in. When we fan the flame of those around us, the more we pour into the other, eventually that bucket is going to overflow and it is going to pour into us. So I want to encourage those of you that may be like, yeah, well, I don't have a marriage like that. Do not give up. And maybe you need something where you can have that tune-up. And that's something that we really believe in, taking that time to get the tune-up like we do with our car. I mean, Mm. if I neglect my car for too long, it will not run anymore. And it's important, too, to not always focus on the other person. The problem is not always just them. And you can't change them. You can yeah. only change yourself. So focus on yourself. What what can I do better? What do I need to change right. about my heart, my mind? That's right. In this. And I see even too, just real quick before you get into this song that I love so much and I'm so excited to share it. The world, John, I look at music and I look at even in my journey as an actor and as an artist, we're both artists. The world is going to try to tell you a different messaging. I even remember just in some of the years where you were touring and, you know, some of the opportunities you have, have had, and some of the opportunities I have had, we start to hear this messaging of if we're not doing that, then we're failing. Right. Yet look at where we are now and the gifts that you, you're you're getting to do music, yeah, all the time. Well, I was just talking to somebody the other day about, um, you know, the idea that happiness is not a goal. Happiness is a byproduct of living in God's design for your life. I think I spent a lot of years uh, thinking that the goal was to get signed, to get a break, to, and and then I would be happy, and then I would be fulfilled. You know, these days I look more at songwriting as as just a legacy thing for me. Mm. It's something I can leave behind. Mm. And I've met so many other musicians, songwriters that are moving in a direction because other people have said, this is what you should want. This is what you should do. This is what, the, you know, really what they're saying is, is this is what I want you to do. That's right. And I, I wore that pressure on my back for years and years until I was able to go, no, like, this is what I believe God wants right. for my life. Right. And then I started moving in that direction. Yes. And the, and the more I've been faithful to what God wants for my life, guess what? The happier, the more fulfilled, the better our marriage has been, the better our, our, our family life has been. And, and God just continues to, to bless and move us forward. And it's that peace that ushers in. Um, when we are following his design. And that's those areas of my own life when the world would say, you should be doing this with your talent. And the more I can keep my eyes on him, the more peace he gives me. And isn't it cool? He laps back around. He never wastes the gifts he gives us. And I've seen even in our current season, how he's using gifts. He doesn't waste it. It just looks a little different than maybe we thought it was going to be 20 years ago. But our happiness, our joy is so much richer. And you've already talked about that. So 
let's play the song because this is a special song. Again, this was a song that John wrote before we were even dating that he sang to me not only when he proposed, but surprised me on our wedding day. And this, folks, is a version that no one else has heard other than our wedding day. This is a podcast (laughs) exclusive for sure. Thank you, John, for being willing to share this very special song with our listeners. You bet. yourself in my shoes They might walk you to my door Could you put yourself in my shoes Though they led me wrong before I want you to hear these 
unspoken words I am here Wishing you were Wishing you were Could you put your eyes with my heart And watch yourself walk through the door Then could you put your heart in my hands I promise not to let it go As we leave these lives behind To find love divine I pray God's best Still lies ahead I pray God's best Still lies ahead Oh, I pray God's best Still lies ahead Okay, I always find as we're sitting here, like I said, I'm singing in my head. I'm not singing out loud because I'm trying to be quiet whenever our musicians record. But oh, thank you so much. That just is such a gift to my heart and just to me personally. But even that last line, just praying God's best still lies ahead. That was 22 years ago you sang that, and we're still praying that. And it it's proven to be true. Yes. I feel sorry for people who look back on their life and say, gosh, those were the glory days. Yes. Those were the best years no. of my life. And I feel like every season we've walked into, we're walking into the best season of our life. And please don't mishear him, okay, as you're listening to him say that. We don't mean like, our life is just bliss and no, every, every day is great. every season we've has its We've had our hard, we've yeah. had our amazing, but I will tell you the greatest gift is we roll to the middle. Like our foundation is in Jesus and we've got that connecting us and the community we have around us that is praying for our marriage, that is praying for us. I have friends that if I come to them and I'm like, oh my goodness, John, they're like, uh, let me, let me remind you, we need that in our marriages. So I well, would encourage you all to find that, seek that out. It is just a wild thing though, to play that song and to realize that I wrote it 24 years ago and uh, these things in the song and the part that I wrote for the wedding of praying God's best still lies ahead and putting my uh, heart in your hand. This is, that's what I've done. I've it's given my life to you. It's, it, 
it's kind of a, it feels like a prophecy fulfilled, you know, that awesome. uh, here we are 24 years later See? and still, still going strong. See, John Stepp, it blessed you to bless me by playing that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we close this episode, where can we find your music? What are some of the ways that our listeners can find your music? Well, I haven't recorded anything in a long time outside of things that we've done for church. Uh, but there, this song and some other old stuff that I wrote uh, is you can find on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. And we can find you on Sundays playing for our Family Church Network, which I think is such a joy. And I, one of the things I say often is I have had great music for the last almost 24 years every single week because of John Stepp. So I thank you for blessing me in so many ways, but especially just blessing my heart by being willing to share a gift that God has given you. So, Well, uh, something that I've really embraced in this last season of my life is the fact that this is, this is what God gave me to bless the world. And there are musicians that are way better than me, but this is, this is the gift that I have. And so um, when I... Uh, I think I struggled with that for years, and uh, I really started to lean into that and get so much of a blessing myself uh, when doing it. And you're the same way. You know, it's God's gifted you a certain way. Um, And when you use that to bless others, it blesses you. That's right. And all of you who are listening are gifted a certain way. God's given you certain gifts and talents and abilities. And when you use those to bless others, you will be blessed. Mm, So good, babe. Well, I just pray as I do every single episode here at Stepping Up With Toy Podcast that something that we shared in this episode, in this conversation with my handsome husband, John Stepp, will better help you step into each day, each week, each month, and each year. Thanks so much for sharing, John. Thanks for listening to the Stepping Up With Toy podcast. If this episode has encouraged you, please share it with your family and friends. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and feel free to reach out to us at steppingupwithtoy at iCloud.com. Most importantly, remember, you are not